Welcome to episode 53 of the Web 2.0 show. Yammer. Yammy. Yamel. <laughs> Hamel. Hammy. No. Yeah, yeah. Just, just kidding. Um, I'm Josh Owens. Are you Josh Owens? I am. And I'm, I'm a co-host. Of what? The Web 2.0 show? Yeah. You, you are... My name is Frank, no wait, uh, Adam Stachowiak. I'm also a co-host of the show. It's called the Web 2.0 Show. We talk about the new web. Talk about building websites. Websites that are sophisticated, cool, and flexible. Uh, so this week we had uh, the CEO of Yammer on the show. David. Indeed. One thing cool about uh, Yammer, Josh, if nobody knows about it, that it was actually born from a need. Uh, David and his team was building Genie, and they decided they needed a better way to communicate internally, so they basically took the idea of Twitter and turned it into a private network, and therefore Yammer is there. Indeed. Seems like all the decent ideas come about that way. Yeah. I think if you build a web app these days, you have to have some sort of spawn off of or into Twitter. Indeed. It's the mothership. That's how Tweetbox came about. We it's were true, using yeah. Twitter all the time, and I was building little cron scripts that ran on our boxes. And right. After putting up, like, the fifth cron script, I got tired of copying it and modifying things and decided to make Tweetbots. Right. Anyway, we've uh, we've been using Yammer quite a bit uh, for handcrafted. Um, yeah. Probably not quite as much as we want, but it, it's been pretty good for us. They've yeah. got an Adobe Air app that we've all installed on our computers, and uh, they've got an iPhone app, which is nice. Uh, I think all of us have iPhones, so yeah. Plus, uh, the, out of the box, they well, I guess it's sort of off topic, but they. It sort of gives you like a, a what's, what's it called like a hierarchy into your into your groups like your uh, chain of command not chain of command what is it called the tree the tree of people in your in your business gives you a view of the tree the tree the hierarchy of who's in your business With branches the, and leaves and yeah there you go you can create groups inside of your private group it does a lot of stuff I like how it breaks out links I like how it breaks out images for each individual so you can go and look at my profile and see that I've posted you know six or seven images and like go back and look at the archive it's really really uh, I think they really did a fantastic job on the on the features and functionality of it and you saw how quickly we had it set up we were on the podcast with David and you'll hear that uh, you know I went on, on the site popped my email address in there and next thing you know you're in there and we had the whole Yammer set up for handcrafted in like a matter of, you know, a minute. Yeah. Super, we, super quick. We have like five people in our company, by the way. <laughs> Nonetheless, pretty damn quick. I mean, that was, yeah. that's, we couldn't set up any other app that quick and get the whole network of handcrafted in there. I mean, five people or not. That's, that's, uh, that's, and it was all very, you know, user friendly. But hey, why hey. take, why take our word for it? We'll just let you listen to David. Yeah, that's true. So we're done talking? Done. Done? Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Today we have David Sachs with us from Yammer. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, David, and uh, also what Yammer is. Sure. 
Um, well, I've been involved in the internet space for about 10 years. Um, first, uh, back in 1999, I uh, was part of PayPal. Um, I was the CEO of the company, helped create the product, and ultimately lead it to IPO and acquisition by eBay in 2002. Um, and then in the last few years, I've created a couple of uh, new Web 2.0 companies. Um, one is uh, Genie.com, which is creating a family tree of the whole world, and Yammer, which is an um, enterprise t- uh, communication tool uh, for companies. It's been called the uh, Twitter for Enterprises. And uh, we actually developed it inside of Genie as a way f- to help all of our employees stay connected. And um, the product got so good, that, or we liked it so much, that we decided to spin it out into its own company so that other um, businesses and organizations could benefit from it. Uh, we launched it about five months ago at the TechCrunch 50 competition. We actually won that event. And then um, last month, uh, the New York Times named us um, – uh, one of the one of nine technologies that every IT professional should master in, in 2009. So we're off to a really good start for a product that's, that's just that's just five months old. So you actually developed Yammer uh, to help uh, speed up, I guess, the the communication towards development uh, when when you were doing work on Genius at it. So yeah, it sort of spun out of a need versus just hey, let's build a product. Yeah, I mean, it, it started with our own need to. Um, to help all the employees stay connected. Once an organization gets beyond 15, 20, 25 people, uh, email doesn't really scale as a great way for people to stay in touch with each other. It always seems like people are getting too many emails, and then at the same time, they're not getting all the information that they need. They're being left off emails. So um, we thought just a simple platform like Twitter, where people could essentially publish updates, uh, status updates about what they were doing, and then respond to them, um, leave replies, it would be a really useful tool. And, you know, we, we did we did know that if, if it worked, it would be a, a great idea for a company to spin it out. And so, but, um, but, you know, we also thought that if it doesn't work, if then, you know, it would just be something we use internally. Um, so it did, it did uh, originate with our own need, and we used the product internally for over six months, refining it um, before spinning it out into its own into its own company, so that by the time we launched at TechCrunch 50, it was a very polished product. So tell us about the experience of, uh, I guess, being involved with TechCrunch 50 and then ultimately winning. <laughs> well, um, you know, it was we, we, we applied for the conference um, like anybody else. We got in, and um, you know, we thought the product was was in really good shape because, like I said, we had been using it for so long, um, and so. In terms of all the products that I've been involved with, um, or you know, been an advisor to, or anything like that, I thought this was the most polished product that I'd ever been a part of launching. Um, and uh, you know, it went it went very well. Um, we presented uh, to a panel that included Mark Benioff, who's the CEO and founder of Salesforce.com, which is the leader in um, software as a service, uh, essentially providing business software um, over the web. And uh, he kind of joked that he'd be ready to invest uh, right then in, in, in the product. He liked it the best. And, um, and you know, the, the conference organizers also liked it the best, and that's, we, that's why we ultimately won. When I, when I reviewed this a little earlier, it mentioned how you're actually rolling this out to, you know, companies and stuff like that. So do you have uh, a lot of companies that have adopted Yammer so far, and do you have any success stories to share? 
Yeah, I mean, we um, thousands of companies are using us, um, and we do have um, dozens or even hundreds of testimonials at this point that we have on our website, um, or you can go to our Twitter account. The username is um, Yammer underscore team, and um, you can see what people have uh, Twittered about us. I mean, we literally have thousands and thousands of tweets by people at companies using Yammer talking about it. Uh, and many of them have written into us, and we publish those testimonials on our website. So, uh, we, you know, we do have a lot of success stories. We could talk through a lot of the, the use cases. Um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, we hear a lot um, from companies that are geographically dispersed. You know, they have multiple offices or they have employees working from remote locations, and they talk about how Yammer allows everyone to feel like they're in the same office. Uh, it kind of creates that virtual water cooler effect. Um you know, other people talk about how when new employees join the company, they can get up to speed in a matter of hours. Uh, you know, they can learn who everybody is. Um, Yammer includes a company directory. Uh, every employee has a profile with their name, photo, uh, title, and uh, a bunch of other information about them. And, of course, you can see all the conversations they've participated in. So it allows uh, allows new employees to get up to speed really quickly. And then, you know, we've heard from... Um, other people about just how it uh, glues the whole office together and lets other people know what um, what people are working on. It's a convenient place to have a discussion. Um, so yeah, we have we have a lot of um, success stories like that. Now, what did what did you guys use to build Yammer language wise? Um, we did it on uh, Ruby on Rails. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Oh boy, we we always like seem to pick people that are using Rails. I had no idea before the interview that you guys had actually used that. But uh, I'm actually looking here at your API, and it looks like um, you guys use OAuth to handle your your API integration as far as authentication yes. goes. Yes, it's kind of funny because Twitter isn't even fully up on OAuth. I think they're just now starting their closed beta. So, right. Well, there's. Um it's, uh, you know, we did start off kind of being a kind of Twitter for enterprises, but at this point the product is very far beyond that. And, um, I mean, you can pretty much do everything you can do on Twitter, on Yammer, um, but you can do a lot a lot of other things as well. Um, and uh, so, so, yeah, we, you know, it's, um, we feel like we've made a lot of progress. Do, do you guys offer like a, an API mirror of Twitter so that, like, if, if I wanted to write, uh, I guess, a Twitter client for Twitter, I could just change the API URL and, and start using Yammer instead? Well, we decided not to do that just because um, the Twitter API is pretty limited compared to our own API. And so we we felt like we had to change it in, in order to enable people to be able to do everything you can do on, on Yammer. Um you know, for instance, Yammer has um, threading of messages, so you can choose to – you can very quickly see all the conversations, kind of like uh, on FriendFeed. Um, they do a good job with this as well. But, um, you know, uh, so there's, there's a lot of features like that that Twitter doesn't do. So we couldn't just mirror their API. But everything you can do with the Twitter API, you can basically do with the Yammer API. It just takes a little bit of work to, to um, understand it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through all the docs, and it definitely seems like there's a lot more here than the Twitter API. Anything interesting? Um, not at a first glance, but <laughs> 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 there's a lot of docs here. Gotcha. 
So I guess the interesting part to me is that so you founded Genie and you're developing this product and then Yammer comes along with it. When you started to really think about what Yammer is now but versus back when you started it, did you really plan for the you – you said you didn't plan for it to be a product. So how did you treat the initial development stages of Yammer? Like, did you have a, well, you know, a nice dev team chisel it out? Did you have budget set against it? And how did you really plan the first parts of Yammer? Right. Well, uh, you know, f- from from the beginning when we had this idea, um, we knew it could be something that would blossom into a, a new company um, because, you know, a, a, any company I've ever worked at, um, and it doesn't matter whether it was, you know, at PayPal, which um, had hundreds and then thousands of employees or whether it's at a startup – People just never have enough information about what everybody else is working on. So, you know, we always knew this would be something that, um, you know, could be a, a, a pretty commercial product. Um, you guys there? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. We're, oh, sorry. we're both here. Yeah. It, it sounded like I lost you for a second there. No, we, we mute ourselves. Yeah, we mute ourselves so you don't, don't hear anything. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. Yeah, I was worried that I was talking to, <laughs> to, uh, to a, a dead phone line there. But anyway, so you know, we always kn- knew that there was a huge market need for something like this. I think that because we started incubating it inside of Genie, we started off kind of cautiously. We didn't want to um, distract from Genie's mission. So we started off with just a couple of engineers um, working on this essentially as a side project. At a certain point... You know, once we had started using it ourselves, we could tell that it was something that was going to work and um, potentially be very effective. And so um, we started making plans to essentially spin out the Yammer product into a new C Corp and, um, and you know, start hiring more people and raising independent VC money and, um, and uh, you know, and all those sorts of things. And, and that's ultimately what we've done now is um, – once Yammer was incubated inside of Genie, uh, it got after that it got spun off into a completely separate company. So now we have separate teams working on um, Genie and Yammer. Gotcha. That's interesting because that that almost mirrors the story of how Twitter came to be. I mean, uh, Obvious Corp had Odeo, mm-hmm. and uh, they they weren't really getting anywhere with it, and so they just started kind of playing with ideas, and poof, Twitter was mm-hmm. born and. They decided to pull back and and create that as its own company. Yeah, I mean, I think it's similar in the sense that um, that we were open to uh, new good ideas, and you know, if you're a startup, you're still flexible enough that you should be able to, if you have a great idea, act on it. Uh, at the same time, we're still really bullish about Genie. It's got millions of users, um, and it's growing extremely quickly. So, um, you know, we haven't given up on that by any means, and. Um, and that company just raised um, five million dollars of new VC money, so um, so it's it, it's similar in the sense that um, both Twitter and Yammer were incubated inside other companies. But um, I guess the difference is that Genie is still going, whereas Odeo is not. Right. I actually uh, was a user. I, I, I'm still a user of Genie, but uh, I didn't. I wasn't able to get all my family in there. I don't know why. Right. They got the emails and stuff like that, but they never really got in there and got into it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, it, it, there's going to be different family members are going to have different um, sort of proclivities to join a social network. Right. Um, w- one of the things that we're going to do uh, in the next few months is uh, integrate Genie with Facebook Connect and also roll out a um, Facebook platform application mm. so that. Um, 
so that everything Genie does is essentially uh, can can be layered on top of um, can be layered on top of Facebook. We want to be the family slash genealogy vertical on top of Facebook. And so, you know, maybe your family is just against social networking in general. If they're on Facebook, we will make it a lot easier for them to participate in Genie as well. Yeah, I can see that working out really well actually because the the it's really odd that you mentioned this. The last time we podcasted, I mentioned it too, but. My uh, my aunt actually recently friended me on Facebook, which I was really surprised about. But yet that same aunt didn't even, you know, pay attention to Genie. I think uh, what you're seeing now is that Facebook and Twitter are actually, you know, getting the general public's uh, trust, I guess, towards a web app like that or a service like that. And you're actually going to just piggyback off of it. Right, exactly. And I think, um, you know, our thinking about Genie has evolved uh, where – you know, we don't want to just be the social network for family because, I mean, I think ultimately Facebook is going to be the social network for everything. Um, right. You know, the, there's not going to be separate social networks based on um, some niche, essentially, of, or some, some sort of subset of your social interactions. Um, what we want to do is say, great, let's, you know, it'd be great if Facebook got your entire family on there. Now we're going to give your family something to do. Uh, in terms of, of collaborating together to create deep um, vertical family content, uh, the most important um, element of which is the family tree. And um, you know, everybody, or at least most people, are interested in seeing you know their family history, their genealogy, and Genie has developed a tree that is completely collaborative, so that the family members can share the work of building the tree and. Um, you know, and all you have to do is invite uh, enough people who are willing to contribute to the tree that you'll very quickly be able to build out this tree. And we can also, um, because the trees merge, um, once they come in contact with uh, a- another tree that has an overlapping node, um, we'll eventually be able to tell you how you're related to um, to your friends, to celebrities, to anyone in the world. Um, the biggest tree on Genie now has over 8 million people in it, uh, which is thanks to you know tree merging. And um, so it's, it's really not an exaggeration to say we're going to get to uh, a single family tree of the entire world. And I think right. to the extent that Facebook can actually accelerate that because it gives us all the users, it accelerates the virality, we see that as a tremendously beneficial thing. Oh, yeah. Out of the box, you come out with uh, you know, every Facebook user, basically. So it's really going to catapult you to the next level. Definitely. I think so. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned a little earlier that uh, luck of the draw that uh, that Yammer's built on Rails. What what drove the decision of using Rails? Was it it was an API? Was it just wanted to try something new? What really led the decision to use Rails as a development platform? Well, when we set up uh, Genie uh, about two and a half years ago, we made the decision to go with Rails, and um, that was you know essentially it's a decision that the engineers made. Um, I'm more of a a product and business guy, so um, I'd probably refer you to them at, at some point if you want to have a, a detailed conversation about <laughs> why they like Rails as opposed to other um, frameworks. But um, when we uh, got around to creating Yammer and we started working on it about uh, uh, 13 months ago, January of last year, um, you know, they, all the engineers had gotten very comfortable with with Ruby on Rails and uh, and liked it and felt like they could iterate quickly on it and also felt like a lot of the, some of the questions about its scalability had been answered. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time working on that problem. So, um, so yeah, I think that was just that was the one they wanted to mm-hmm. go with. Now, I think that um, 
we just announced we just announced a um, a version of of Genie that will be something. Sorry, a, a version of Yammer that will be something that companies can license and install behind their own firewall, uh, and that will probably be based on PHP. Huh. Wow. That that's interesting because we've always kind of talked about that because um, someone we interviewed a while back, uh, uh, Rick Olson, who's now part of ENTP, they wrote. Um, Warehouse, which was like a subversion, like tracking website. It would uh, allow you to browse through all your code that was in subversion and stuff. And uh, they decided to create it as like an installed version. And um, I know a couple months after they had released it, he said that it was probably um, a mistake to go that route because they ended up spending more time supporting people installing it than they did, like, actually being able to innovate the product. Right. What what made you guys decide to go down that route? Well, it's it's a really good point. I mean, we're big believers in software as a service or SaaS, as your audience probably knows. Um, Sure. And and the reasons are exactly what you mentioned, which is um, if you're going to license software and essentially sell software in a box, then um, you spend a lot of time maintaining versions and being backwards compatible with every previous version and uh, all the downsides associated with that. So we are big believers in the SaaS model. And if if corporate America was at the point now where uh, they would embrace SaaS, then uh, that's all we would do. But what we're finding as we're talking to a lot of um, large companies, I mean, and mainly Fortune 500 companies or Fortune 1000 companies, is that they are very open to trying a tool like Yammer um, I mean, amazingly receptive, actually. Um, but a lot of them just have policies that, for something as sensitive as corporate communications, they uh, they have to they have to host the, the software themselves. And so, you know, rather than just completely giving up that part of the market, um, and, and because if we did, then somebody would come racing into it um, and just creating another competitor for us. We decided that we would. Scale up the team to, and you know, essentially have two teams: one working on a SaaS product and one working on a self-hosted version. Um, just because the market is demanding both, at least at this point in time. Right. Yeah, we actually, Josh and I, we um, let me back up a second. For are you familiar with Rails Rumble by any chance? Mm-hmm. Rails Rumble. Uh, no. As of uh, as of last year, well, there's been two so far. So now it's an annual thing. So it's it's uh, Rails Rumble 2007 2008. Uh, in, in 07, Josh led a team that, that developed a, an app called Tasty Planner. And then this past year, uh, Team Handcrafted actually built an app called Jotly. And the end all be all idea of Jotly was to have a SaaS like you're talking about a SaaS version of it, but then also have an open source spin off installable version for someone to use. Uh, as well, so we'd actually had some pushback from some people saying that uh, that for uh, you know enterprises to adopt blogging, they really want uh, a solution like that that's an installable version of it versus the SaaS model. They won't really buy into putting their information in the cloud. And, right. Uh, so it, it, is that the is that the biggest problem is that they don't want their information in the cloud? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it, it, it depends quite a bit on which company you're talking to and what their level of acceptance is with uh, with SaaS um, and who you're talking to within the company. So, for instance, um, I think that the companies who are using Salesforce.com to 
uh, to enable their salespeople to keep track of customer data and um, information like that. To right. me, that's that's way more sensitive information, I think, than status updates that are posted on Yammer, because um, even if somehow you know people could get a hold of some status updates, it'd be very hard to create actionable intelligence out of that. Whereas if someone got a hold of your customer list, you know, off of Salesforce, that's the lifeblood of companies. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think there's just a lot of inconsistencies in the way these companies look at it. And I think part of that is who's making the decision. You know, the sales team, if they're the ones making the decision about what software to use, they just, you know, they're going to make their decision based on what helps them sell the most uh, of whatever product they're trying to sell. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, if it's corporate IT is making the decision, then their main consideration is about security and something, you know, stuff like that. So I think even within companies, there's not a tremendously consistent policy in terms of how they view SaaS and, and that sort of thing. I mean, we'd like it if there was, if just everybody would embrace SaaS on some level. But um, since Yammer is a company-wide communication platform, um, we are dealing with IT a lot of the time. They're the ones who are either making the decision to purchase Yammer or uh, making the, the decision to whether to allow it. And so uh, because of that, you know, we, we, we felt the need to provide a, uh, a self-hosted version. Yeah, I know. I used to work at um, Procter & Gamble, and uh, they used to be crazy about stuff like this. I mean, you, you couldn't even talk about, being in an IT department, you couldn't even talk about bringing a product on board like this without consulting the legal department. <laughs> and there will be like weeks of meetings and discussions about everything. Yeah. Right. Well, the you know, there's a, the thought experiment that I try to get people to engage in is: what if your company was using Yammer for its internal communications? And um, and you know, you can do that. Um, you can post messages to groups, and those groups can be private. You can post public messages to individuals. Public meaning the, everyone in the company can see it, or you're actually able to send direct messages as well. On Yammer, so you know you really could do all of your internal communications through Yammer. So the thought experiment is just: let's say the company was doing this, and along came a vendor who was trying to sell a new product called email that no one had seen before. You know, how would the IT and legal people react then? And you know, I can see them saying, "Wait, you mean that any employee in the company can forward any message that they receive outside of the company and to anyone they want?" And you're telling me that. Um, that any employee can create unlimited liability for the company by sending a message to anyone they want without anyone being able to ever review it. And, you know, how many people in IT do we need to hire to maintain this new system and monitor the types of communications that are being that are being said to avoid liability? And so you can imagine, like, all those types of conversations. You know, if, if – so, you know, I, I think that if Yammer were the standard and email were the new product, I think people would see email as a lot riskier than Yammer. And um, but because email is the entrenched product and Yammer is the new product, people tend to see all the risks inherent in Yammer without seeing all the benefits, including the benefits to corporate security and um, you know r- litigation and all all that type of stuff. Right. Yeah, because I mean something like search.twitter.com is a lot easier than me trying to sit down and sift through a Lotus Notes database and find an email. Well, there's there's self policing within the Yammer network, so. Um, you know, first of all, I guess I should back up and just kind of, for people who haven't used Yammer, just so they know, only the people inside your company can access your Yammer network. And the way we verify that is through your email address. So 
you know, if you're somebody who works at, say, IBM.com, or IBM, rather, you can't get into the network unless you verify an at IBM.com email address. Um, so the network is completely private to people who are in your, you know, or, or part of your email domain. Um, and then on top of that, there's you know, a great deal of social pressure not to post anything inappropriate because your coworkers can see it, which is a little different than email where people might actually think that what they're typing in a company email is, you know, is actually private, whereas, you know, the company has the right to look at it and it could one day turn up being read out in court during some sort of, uh, you know, lawsuit, uh, all that yeah, type of, of stuff. Yeah. 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 My, uh, I, my girlfriend works at you know a typical corporate America office. And actually, there's lots of times when we actually watch the office that's on NBC, and we uh, we laugh about uh, the stuff that Dwight and Jim and get themselves get themselves into. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she's always uh, sending me email from her corporate email, and some of the stuff I'm just like, wow, I cannot believe you get away with pushing that out there. It's insane. Well, it's uh, I mean, no one's looking at it obviously, and. Um Nobody inside companies wants to police this stuff, which is great. I mean, it, that's the last thing a company needs to do is being policing exactly how emails are being sent. But that being said, it does create a lot of potential liability for companies. And if they would just think about the benefits of Yammer versus email, I think they'd realize that Yammer is in many ways a lot safer. So um, so now we know, I guess, you know, what Yammer is about. How do you get started with Yammer? What's the first step? Well, the first step is just any employee in the company can go to yammer.com and sign up. It takes less than a minute, and it's all you have to do is confirm your company email address, and that instantly creates uh, the company domain, so the company network. So like I said, if you have an at ibm.com email address, you go to the website, you'll be put in the ibm.com uh, network. And so um, and the, the benefit of this approach, this is actually very similar to – how Facebook got started in the early days where you'd have to verify a college email address to get into your college network. Um, so um, so the benefit of that is just, let's say that 12 people from Google all sign up in this, on the same day. They're all going to find themselves inside the same Google network on Yammer. They're not going to find themselves in 12 different groups. Uh, and that's very important in terms of bringing the company together. Um, it's free for all the employees to use. You won't be charged if you go, uh, if you go join. And then the company, the way we make money is that the company can pay to claim their Yammer network. Uh, and that means that they get a bunch of administrative tools to moderate and control the network. And they also get to buy data ownership, essentially, of all the content that's in, in their network. Right. That's actually something I did, I think, uh, last night of the night. Over the, week, over the weekend sometime, I was wanting to track down an old, old tweet of mine. And I tried to use search.twitter.com to to go ahead and find that tweet, but I couldn't find it, I guess. So mm-hmm. found this service that let me suck all my all my Twitter history out of Twitter. So it sounds like, uh, is that what you were just talking about? Being able to pull the information out of Yammer? You mean in terms of data ownership? Yeah, like data ownership, being able to well, suck, suck yeah, all, I mean, all that data out. Yeah, I mean, what, what we've told companies, well, first of all, um, we, you know, we have an API so that companies can access their right. Yammer network through the API and get the data that way. We've also told companies that we're going to enable them to export messages to a CSV file. So, you know, there's a, a lot of companies have um, different needs for the data. Like um, one of them is uh, dealing with discovery requests uh, for lawsuits and things like that. Um, they have some central repository of messages. Um, 
that they keep that they can run searches against. So if they want to add their Yammer messages to that repository, we'll allow them to export it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's like one example of of how the data ownership might be important. Um, it's also important in the sense that um, they can delete messages that are inappropriate or they don't um, or violate their accessible use policy. Um, so you know they have the right to do that. Um, I guess I should say that at no time does Yammer ever own any of the content. We're just a platform. Either the uh, the employees own their own messages before the network is claimed, and then once it's claimed, it's like corporate email. It's something that the company owns. Gotcha. Cool. Just uh, just a couple seconds ago, I actually went to your homepage and typed my email address in, and in a matter of like uh, I don't know, thirty seconds, Josh, you got an email, and a few others from Handcraft, you got an email. And- we're all chilling in our Get Handcrafted Yammer.com account. Oh, cool. <laughs> it was super. That's why I asked that question because it was like super quick. Yes. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's very, very easy to, to set up and join. And really the process of creating an account, which user experience took like 30 seconds, um, is the same whether you're the first person in a network or the hundredth or the thousandth person. It just works exactly the same way. So you don't have to wait for some uh, network administrator to set up or install the software. Uh, you know, we're trying to appeal directly to the employees who want to use it. And, uh, you know, they don't have to go and convince IT to, like, this is something worthwhile. All they do is they just start using it. Now, what we're finding is that once the employees start using it, um, we're getting a lot of calls from corporate IT departments wondering who we are. And, um, you know, we send them information. Um, and we explain to them the security procedures we take. And, um and uh, you know, a lot of them decide to claim their networks after that. So, but you know, the, the basic idea is we're designing corporate software with the end user in mind, which is different than I think a lot of the software in the past, where you know it's really been designed to like try and sell to IT people, and you know, the IT people spend months uh, analyzing different vendors, and eventually they sign an agreement, they spend a lot of money, and then they roll it out, and nobody ever uses it. Uh, what we're doing is creating something the employees can start using right away. So I'm looking on Twitter, and you actually don't have a Yammer account on Twitter. What's that about? No, it's, it's called, we actually do. It's called um, Yammer Team. Oh, Yammer Team. Okay. Look at yeah. me. I couldn't find it. <laughs> what? I think it's, Yammer, it's Yammer underscore team. Oh, okay. There we go. <clears throat> you guys should use TweetBots. It's such a great app. <laughs> what is uh what does Tweetbots do? Uh it's just an app that we wrote. It allows like multiple people to control one Twitter account. So like Adam and I have a Tweetbot account for the Web Two O show and we can send it a direct message and if it comes from Adam or I, then um the service knows to, to go ahead and tweet that message back to that account. Mm-hmm. So like we're, we're actually logged into our accounts, but we're controlling the Web 2.0 show, and I think we've got like eight accounts that we control from Tweetbot. It's cool. it's pretty cool too because earlier I mentioned Rails Rumble when we were developing Jotly. Within a matter of I don't know about an hour, we had Jotly set up on Twitter, uh, Jotly set up in Tweetbots, and the entire development team being able to commit uh, direct messages to the uh, the Jotly Twitter account and being able to retweet as as that user. That's kind of cool. All right, cool. So I'm checking out. So you just go to tweetbots.com. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Right now we're in a private uh, private beta for for the next little bit, but uh, we'll get your invite approved really quick. Got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll just. All right, I'm just uh, request invite right now. 
So, um, okay, this is neat. Yeah, I'm liking this. I like Yammer. This is uh, this is pretty handy. I gotta say, like having used presently versus having now used Yammer, I think I definitely like Yammer better. Yeah, well, I certainly the process of getting started. That's that's really that's a good process. Where do we leave off? I don't know. I think I kind of hijacked the talk there. <laughs> we on the we on like a pause. Yeah. Well, David, is there anything is there anything specific that you want to mention? Like any recent press that you want to want us to point to? We'll have show notes mm-hmm. for this podcast, so um, right. You know, afterwards we'll have it edited and whatnot, and then some subsequent notes will come from. Is there anything you want to mention that that's you know really good for Yammer? Well, I mean, you know, at the beginning I mentioned a couple of things. We talked about TechCrunch 50 winning that. Um, right. I think, you know, I think the New York Times thing was pretty extraordinary because the product was only three or four months old, and they mentioned us as, you know, the article was called um, Nine Websites IT Pros Should Master in 2009. So that was that was really neat. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess those would be the main things. I guess um, that is kind of interesting, though, because, I mean, I, I w- not long ago, I was here, I'm here in Houston, Texas. So I went to a bar camp recently, uh, a few months ago, um, and somebody who gave a presentation was there was um, was uh, Vuzi. Are you familiar with Vuzi? No. Tell me, who are they? Uh, Vuzi, if you go to vuzi.com, they're essentially a separate interface on top of all the other search engines out there. So they'll essentially look at search results from Yahoo, Google, and various other engines, and essentially lay a whole separate interface on top of it. So if you search for someone like a celebrity, you obviously probably don't want all these text links that Google returns. You want images and videos from YouTube and stuff like that. So they're a very unique way to present the interface of search results. Interesting. Well, long story short, in his presentation, he talked about um, the adoption rate of the app versus before mainstream media got a hold of it. And it was uh, – he was showing us his Google Analytics results, and it was mind-boggling. Mind you know, just – I can't even tell how crazy it was to see when CNN and New York Times and all the mainstream media outlets picked uh, you know picked up Vuzi and started to talk about it, like, through the roof, millions of users versus just a couple thousand. So uh, right. tell us about that. Was it – did you feel – did you have the same experience with uh, with Yammer? Well, we definitely see spikes in our uh, traffic and signups. Um, once, uh, you know, the, I think the Wall Street Journal wrote an article about us. We got a big spike out of that. Um, you know, we don't get such a big spike anymore when TechCrunch writes about us because I think we've kind of saturated that uh, that audience. Uh, but certainly, when the New York Times or Wall Street Journal write about us, we we do see a lot more traffic. Um, I think. I think it's one of the one of the ways that you can kind of get your product out there. I, I don't think it's the only way. I think it tends to become less important over time because um, you know we're we're just trying to make the product more and more viral, and um, and so obviously a lot of our, our our growth is happening within networks that have been set up by one employee, and then they start inviting a lot more uh, employees. Um, the other thing that happens is just um, new companies find out about it, so. Um, so yeah, but certainly the press is very important in the early stages, and it's important um, uh, to give us a credibility as a new company, so that companies feel comfortable using us. I got nothing else, Josh. I'm 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 out of questions. All right. Well, now now I guess it's time for the the big question. Yeah. <clears throat> is there anything super secret that you guys are working on that uh, you want to tell our audience about that you're going to release? 
Well, um, you know, <laughs> well, you know, I can, I can talk about the stuff that we're. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of tell you the, the stuff that it, we're, we're doing now. Or, um, you know, I mentioned that we just announced um, a version of Yammer that companies can license and install behind their firewall, and that's that's a big decision for us to essentially support both parts of the market. Um, you know, a feature that's coming very soon um, is we're going to allow you to import. Um, RSS feeds into Yammer. So let me give you an example. Like, let's say there's, um, like, let's say your company has a Twitter account. Um, you'd be able to import that RSS feed. Or if your company has a blog, you'd be able to import that. Or if there's um, certain news stories that get, you know, uh, you want to, um, like, you could import the RSS feed for uh, Google blog search on your company name, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, you can import the TechCrunch RSS feed. What that's going to allow you to do is now read all of those RSS feeds inside of Yammer, and then you can talk about them. So you could reply to the, or essentially comment on the article and have private conversations within your work network about stories. So, you know, like in our company, we're posting links to TechCrunch all the time based on uh, stories that we want to have, you know, talk, we want to talk about essentially. And now we don't have to copy and paste those. We just get the TechCrunch RSS feed inside of Yammer and just can reply to all those messages and start talking about them. So it's kind of like creating a virtual user. It's like making TechCrunch into a virtual user of your company network. Um, and, you know, there's other things you can do with it as well. It's like a Yammer just, bot. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like a Yammer <laughs> bot. But, um, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a bot for any – that's exactly what it is. It's a bot for any kind of RSS feed out there. Like, let me give you another example. Um, you know, we have um, an RSS feed of – customer feedback that goes into our customer service ticketing system, but we just import that RSS feed, and now anyone in the company can see what kind of customer feedback our customer service people are getting. So the information isn't limited anymore, just the people in customer service. Anyone who's interested can go follow it. Um, or, for example, um, our servers you know, uh, at our colo send out notifications when there's an issue, and... Um, that information can also be accessed via an RSS feed. So, you know, our servers will essentially have their own profile on Yammer, and now anyone in the company can choose to follow that feed, and they can even choose to get notifications to that feed by email, SMS, or uh, Instant Messenger. So however you want to be notified, you can be notified. Um, it would be a way for the, the network operations people, for instance, to import that feed, subscribe to it by text messaging, and then they'll be they'll get a text message anytime there's an issue with the server. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. We uh, we actually use, um, I think it's Hoptoad right now, but it, it tracks like exceptions in Rails apps and uh, they create RSS feeds. So you could you could essentially do the same thing and just anytime your app breaks, you're going to get notified about it. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's right, exactly. So, yeah, so like if you take, um, you know, we use Track um, at Yammer for like our ticketing Ooh. system. For oh, you don't like track? No, we're big fans of Lighthouse. <laughs> okay, I have, to, I have to try. We haven't tried. What's the name of that? Your one? Your Lighthouse app. Lighthouse. Yeah. Okay, I'll uh, I'll check that out. But um, it doesn't really matter which one you're using for our purposes. You know, they all generate uh, an RSS feed of changes to tickets and new tickets and all that type of stuff. So now you could just import all of that into um, Yammer. And um, you could follow it that way. Um, and, you know, again, have conversations about it with people. Um, and you can also, like I said, um, Yammer becomes essentially a communications hub where 
you can choose to be notified about things however you want. You can get it by, you know, like I said, IM, SMS, email, um, and you can also get it through all of our, um, our our desktop client, sort of like an IM looking client. Uh, you can get it through our iPhone app or our BlackBerry app. So um, Yammer really becomes a communications hub for just everything that's happening inside your company. That's really crazy. Do you? Uh, this is. Uh, I know we're near the end of the podcast, but one quick question before we wrap things up is: Does have you seen that Yammer has actually taken over email? Like you'd mentioned before, that email isn't really built to scale, and since mm-hmm. it becomes a communication hub, most companies—I'd say every company—probably relies heavily upon the fact that email's there. Like their business is pinned right. to it. So, with Yammer being embedded in some of the companies you've already started working with, have you seen them adopt Yammer more than email now? Well. Our goal isn't really to replace email right now because email is an excellent tool for doing a lot of things. Um, it's more to reduce email clutter. So the specifically, noise. yeah, the noise, exactly. Like email is best when someone is emailing you directly asking for you to take action. In other words, like an active response is called for, whereas discussions are much better off being handled inside of Yammer. So. Like if we could just move all of those group emails and group discussions out of email so it doesn't clog up your inbox and into Yammer where um, you know the information can be uh, threaded into a discussion. It looks kind of like a discussion board. But that information can also be archived and searched so it's never lost. And then new employees can find it or other employees can find it on their own. It's just a much better place to have discussions. So our goal isn't to eliminate email. It's just to reduce the amount of email you get and, and move – that discussion type uh, email and information sharing as well over into Yammer. So like, that makes a lot example, of sense. Yeah. I mean, so say, say for example, um, uh, there's a question that you have and you're not sure who has the answer. You could send an email to your entire department, but that would be very spammy. So all you have to do is post your uh, question on Yammer and whoever happens to be paying attention at that moment can answer it. Uh, and then that answer can be found by other people using Yammer search. Or another example would be, let's say there's an article, a news information, a link, a report, a file that you want to share. All you have to do is post it on Yammer because, again, we handle file attachments, another thing that Yammer does that Twitter hasn't done yet. Um, and so now the information can be kept there. It can be organized, tagged, archived, and searched so that um, – you know, you don't have to keep sending it around by email. People can just find it there. So yeah. we want to, you know, we, we're not necessarily interested in replacing all email. We just want to make email more productive by, you know, moving the some of its use cases over to Yammer. And yeah. one thing I, sh- I should say as well is that um, unlike Twitter, Yammer is completely interoperable with email. So you can choose to receive any Yammer feed by email. Um, if you want to get every message you follow on Yammer by email, you can do that. So I know like there's a lot of people in companies who are perfectly happy using their inbox as the portal to everything they do at work. And, um, and so uh, Yammer allows those people not to have to change their work routines at all. They can just sign up for whoever they want to follow and, and receive, receive that by email. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, I think I'm out of... I'm out of questions. I, I think uh, really excited to to have talked to you because I didn't get all these details just by doing some research, and we hadn't even tried Yammer yet. But uh, I certainly like the take on it, especially removing emails, group things. Because I really hate when I email somebody and I CC Josh and a couple other people, and that person replies back. But 
fails to do reply all. I really wish email would just default to reply all if you've got other people CC'd. Then you lose right. that group chat kind of thing. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I got to say kudos on this this whole sign-up and install process. I just installed the uh, Air app and mm-hmm. uh, went through the whole OAuth process like oh, while wow. you two were talking right there in like two <laughs> minutes. It was good stuff. I just oh. noticed the Get Started list there too right under my profile name there in the on the Handcrafted homepage for Yammer. I see a little Get Started list, so my next steps for – Getting involved with Yammer completely is completing my profile and downloading the desktop client. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yep. Okay, awesome. I echo Josh's kudos, man. Thanks. That's uh, good stuff. All right. Well, awesome. Well, good talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, David. Okay, great. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Web 2.0 Show with Josh Owens and myself, Adam Stachowiak. Be sure and visit web2oshow.com for links in the show notes or to leave a comment on the show. Thanks for listening.